welcome to What You Wearing. On this episode, we are going to talk about athletic wear used properly. properly then we're going to do all of our fabulous hot looks. Yes. And vocabulary, William is going to talk about a pagoda shoulder. Yes, the definition is in the word. You shall see. Okay, I can't wait. Then we have our power player, Virgil Abloh. Who? You shall see. He's a true power player. I can't wait. Oh, William. Oh, Mark Allen. It is so good to be sitting here with you. How are you doing? I'm good. Can't complain. Good. You know, I have been getting all these super sweet texts from people that are like, oh my gosh, I love your podcast. And it's funny because someone said to me, wow, when is the um, next (laughs) season coming? I'm like, next season? Are we? No, we're not done. We're not done. We're not not done. done. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's just funny how people, you know, either... I think I have a lot of people that I know that are listening that don't really normally listen to podcasts. Right. So it's new to me too. Right? So it's kind of like, oh, is it? Yeah. So our goal and intent is to around every week or so be releasing a new episode. So this is episode eight. We've got seven coming out. It should be any day now. Mm-hmm. And we just released six. So we've got, we're, we're working on having an episode come out almost every week for everybody. And again, we so appreciate all of your feedback yeah. and for your listening. And you know what the good thing, the good thing about someone saying, I can't wait to the next season or the next episode means there's a hunger for it. Yeah. People like, people love us, William. They like, you I, like me, you really like me. I mean, they just don't know how annoying we really are. I mean, together. Um, I think they know. They must. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cat's out the bag, y'all. Well, talk about getting the cat out the bag. I got my fat behind out on a run tonight. Good and for I, you. And I wanted, it was just so funny. I, you know, sometimes when we're planning these episodes, we have this little opening section Mm-hmm. And William and I was trying to talk about something that's just really current, like really going on for us, and is actually about fashion. Yeah. And so this one, I just, I, I was with a client all day. We were organizing her closets, and today was her bathroom. Okay. May the Lord be with me. And with her. Up. And I, um, it was amazing. I got done with her. She lives in Santa Monica, right in this great running area. Okay. And I took a change into gym clothes. Good. And I got out of my jeans and work clothes and put on, like, you know, great little gym shorts, running shoes, a little tee, a Nike little polar fleece thing. Right. And it's amazing, because I really didn't want to. Right. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. It's just fine. Who cares? It's. And then I thought, no, I really want to do this. This will be good for me. I'll... Listen to a podcast. I'll just get out and move a little bit. Uh-huh. And I do this run-walk thing. Because there's right. this line of trees down this street called San Vicente. And I walk between two trees. And uh-huh. then I run the next two. Uh-huh. And then I walk one tree. And then I run next two. So okay. I do like a run-walk thing. So my heart rate stays really up. Okay. And it's actually a great workout. But what I noticed was that when I put on these, you know tight little gym shorts and this t-shirt and I went for it that I just instantly felt like fit. I felt healthy. I felt like I was working out and it reminds me of why it's so important to put the proper gym clothes on. A hundred percent. And also had you not put said outfit in your car, 
you would have easily been like, I'm going home. I don't feel like it. I mean, I for sure would not have like taken You'd be the like, sneakers I was wearing. I forgot my outfit, so I'm, yeah. I can't work out. Look I at can't that. run in Margiela sneakers anywhere. <laughs> That's can, for sure. That is, no, excuse. it would not. No, only like from the law. That's the only place you're going to run there. But <laughs> I I also, and you know, I, I played a lot of sports in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's always you know, kind of a fun part, but really a very important part is to have the right gear. Absolutely. So like when you cycle, you really need to have the one piece bib and the cycling jersey over it because okay. it's so much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. When you play tennis, you've got to have a tennis sneaker and you've got to have tennis shorts. And I used to always wonder, what's the big deal with tennis shorts? Like, aren't they well, all the so same? They can move. No, it's they have bigger pockets for the balls. The tennis balls, William. The tennis balls. I said not the, a word. You didn't say it, but you just looked at me across his microphone. I was, I was searching for words. <laughs> no, tennis balls. And because when you're playing, you usually put, you know, two or three tennis balls in your pockets. And right. they're actually designed because they're super stretchy to where they can go in and just have the balls right there. And they stay out of the way. And right. the tennis balls. And right. um, so I found that. And like when you do yoga, having great yoga shorts. Like if you've ever tried to do yoga and you're oh, yes, wearing shorts that don't have the right stretch in them. Um, or, or speaking of uh, balls, <laughs> and I'll we'll move on from that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and I mean, that's for men. But imagine women with sports bras. I mean, there must be all sorts of getting the proper lingerie oh, yeah. for running, so that you have. Well, it prepares you, so you can actually do the motion that you need to do. But don't you also notice that when you get your gym clothes on, you have a mindset change? A thousand percent. And it's interesting you say this because in the beginning of, not the beginning, I shouldn't say that, about a month ago, I like started doing hiking and running and that's just not my thing. So at first when I started doing it, I was like, oh, no one's going to see me. I'll just put on whatever, you know, you know, whatever. Except Giuseppe Sononi. Well, no, not even that. <laughs> right. Stone high no, not even that. It was, <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was, oh. it was whatever. I saw Meryl Streep there once on that run That's the point of getting to. After going like on a regular basis, people started recognizing me and saying hi. And I'm like, okay, now I can't look like a bum anymore. Uh-huh. So now I have to like step up my sports athletic situation. So I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I, it does motivate you. And I think I've really been like that for a while too, William, because I'll take my I have gym I have so the way my dresser is this might be an overshare but I don't care mm-hmm. I have gym t-shirts and tank tops and all that and then yep. I have gym shorts mm-hmm. and my gym shorts are very distinct from my lounge shorts mm-hmm. my lounge shorts are like sweat shorts or you know old gym shorts that are just super comfy right. to be at home in but right. I really have like a whole thing of gym shorts and gym t-shirts yeah and I just wouldn't ever think of putting on that gym stuff to go to the market Never. or to lounge around. I'm with you. Right? Never. And, it, and it, it does something about intentionality. You know, there's a lot of talks about intentionality, right? Mm-hmm. And what intention you want and what you want to have happen in your life. And for me, I'm really committed to my fitness and being healthy, really, is the, is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and having clothes that you just put on, you're like, this is my gym. Yeah. Outfit. It's just your brain is like, and I, I really feel like it tells your brain in a way what's about to happen. What's right. about to happen. Right. right. I mean, it's almost like a suit going into a, you know a law firm. That's like, exactly what I was going to say. After yeah. That. Right. And it's like in the old days where every man in New York would wear a suit to work. Yeah. And in LA, really most of America, people all wore suits to go to work. Mm. And if you got your hands dirty, you just took your jacket off and you got to work. Well, how you look and how you put together affects your presentation. I think. Well, how you look is your presentation. A thousand percent. (laughs) But what you have on dictates the seriousness of it or... Exactly. You know. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you got a suit versus if you show up in a disheveled polo shirt exactly. on top with a pair of jeans. And I think that the other part is that... This is my challenge for people listening, is to make sure, like, with this casual life that everyone has, that is coming to an end, everybody, just yeah, so you know. Yeah, yeah. This casual life that you have had of, you know, sweats all day, every day, every way, <laughs> is yeah. really coming to an end. Yeah, and it's fine. Take, I think there should be bonfires, you know, of just all these piles of sweats that people wore. Bonfires of the vanity. Wouldn't that be a... Love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I just think it'd be super amazing to really think about, like, okay, look at your clothes and, like, if it's lounge, have lounge. And I've got such comfy, great loungewear. Mm-hmm. And then I've got really great workout clothes that just work for me and keep them in separate drawers. I mean, not everyone mm-hmm. has as much closet space, maybe, as I have. Mm-hmm. So, but you can even just have one drawer be gym stuff, one drawer be lounge. Categorize stuff. them. Yeah. yeah. And when you do that, I just think it allows for you to have such a. I mean, I had an instantly better workout the moment that I put it on. Yeah. You know? 100%. And make sure you feel good and you feel sexy in your gym clothes. That's the other thing, too. That will that will dictate how much you do and how much you sweat and, like, how much you put into it. I mean, mean, think about, like, put it this way. Think about, let's say, if you're working out and uh, there's no one in the work. Let's pretend you're working out. Well, no, let's (laughs) pretend you're in the gym. No one you know is in the gym and you're working out, blah, blah, blah. Your attitude's going to change if someone you like walks into that gym. Right or wrong? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're going to up the ante. I get my really... stuff and go home. No. <laughs> you're going to really commit to your workout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. So, yeah. And I think that the the idea of having your gym clothes really just be like, okay, these are my... that. This is the other thing is sneakers. Okay. You've got to have your exercise shoes be your exercise sneakers. Oh, yeah. They don't count for dinner. Just because sneakers are in fashion, sneakers are not your New Balance running shoes. That's no, not what we're talking no. about, people. Right. So no. if you're seeing all these people, oh, well, people wear sneakers to dinner now. I can No, you can't. You cannot. You cannot wear your New Balance. Or they have to be specifically for going to dinner. You can't, you can't use your workout sneaker and then put it with a suit to go to dinner. You just, but you can have a pair of dinner sneakers. Absolutely. But that's also, they're a different style. Yeah. They're a different well, style. Well, I mean, they're, they're really close. I mean, a lot of the fashion sneakers are kind of in the cross-trainer world. Yeah, but when you start cross-wearing those fashion sneakers as cross-trainers, they just get all thrashed. Is really right. the case. Right. Like, I have these really fabulous Adidas uh, Missoni and Adidas did a sneaker Collab. together. Uh-huh. And so I bought both colors because I died for them. And I just won't wear them to the gym because they're my ultra comfy work shoes. Like today, that's actually what I wore today because they're just really comfortable. I'm on my feet all day, running around, in and out of closets, up and down stairs. But you still want them to look good. You don't want them Absolutely. to look like workout sneakers. Absolutely. And they yeah. don't. But I think if I were to start wearing them for workout, then I would completely... Would, and it's so funny that in my head today, I couldn't run in those. And they're literally Adidas probably running sneakers yeah. that have been made in... But mentally... Fabric. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a major mental thing. Anyway, that's yeah. what I have to say about the proper use of athletic wear. Please, I please yourselves. I could care. Well, I want to go into our, our hoot looks. And mine is from the Balma Spring Summer Collection. It is a shocking, shocking pink. I'm talking like well, high... Uh, Balma this season? 2021 spring. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
And his his name used to be Pierre. Pierre Balmain. Well, no, that's that's the full name. Is Pierre okay. Balmain is the but name they, of the house. They call but, it Balmain, though. Right. Just like they've cut off Gianni from Versace. I mean, well, that's a which, whole other thing. Which, um, Donatella did which that. Forget I, her. Ego much? Yeah. But, you know, I, mean, I, I wasn't happy about that. But my, mine was from... Uh, Balmain, and it was a shocking pink. Think day glow, highlighter pink. Like, what is the difference between a shocking pink and a neon pink? Uh, I, in, in my head, not a difference, really. I want you to do a vocabulary sometime on neon, because neon has some properties to it that give it that fluorescent color. I want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, because shocking hot, just I automatically think the same, the same bright from, I, I instinct to go to the 80s. Because okay. it was like... So bright, you need like sunglasses. Remember like, that song? I'm a Barbie girl. And mm, I try to forget world. that one. Hated that song. <laughs> you can hate it all you want, but hated it'll be around it. forever. But it, uh, it was basically an oversized uh, men's double breasted long blazer with a pagoda shoulder. See how I did that? Oh, we'll good. We'll discuss that later. So it must be a pagoda shoulder, must have a Japanese inspiration. Oh, wow. Well, More China, ja- but. Are pagodas Chinese? Well, the, the influence is from China, but oh, we'll get it. We'll get okay, into that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm skipping so, ahead. Not at all, not at all. So it's basically, shape-wise, kind of like a men's double-breasted blazer with a pagoda shoulder, but a very sexy draped top and like a boot-cut pant. But this is all one shocking color, pink, from head to toe. So you have to be a confident girl to pull this one off. Oh, so it's for girls. Yes. Okay, but so it's a menswear style. It's men's and it's jacket. fit because it's kind of oversized, okay. kind of boyfriend. Oh, they're still doing that big oversized jacket thing? Yeah, but okay. this one definitely is made more feminine and sexy with the shoulders. One with that so, color, I can imagine. So that was my hoot look I was obsessed with. What was yours? Well, uh, you know, this week I went and uh, I didn't go. Let me rephrase that. I mm-hmm. sat on my couch and saw uh, the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. Ugh, can't wait to see that. Or the United States versus Billie Holiday or... Or the people versus I, I don't even remember the name of the movie, but I think oh. it's the United States versus Billie Holiday. Okay. Starring Audra Day. Andra Day. Brilliant. And she the first time I remember seeing her, she was in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Same. In yeah. a pistachio green fur. And she was singing, I'll rise up. Uh-huh. Rise up. And I gotta stop singing because you're gonna stop listening. But um I wanna tell you, I there must have been William, just you're gonna love watching this movie. You can watch this movie wait. with the sound off. There's no, le- I want to hear. Her well, voice. you can absolutely hear her sound, but there, I'm telling you, the looks. It was looks for days. There must have been thirty or forty evening looks for all of her performances because wow. it's about her tours and all the clubs she was in and mm-hmm. all of her appearances, and the gowns and the work. Like these were just. I mean, they're like every vocabulary word included. In right. These. I right. mean, there's like ruching and there's all of these amazing bias cuts and there's uh-huh. beating in perfect places and these it was the the fashion was amazing yeah that era they were like it, no joke yeah but they i haven't really seen a movie that's captured the glamour of that era in that way so i was curious as right. to who did the wardrobe for it so hmm. the guy's name was paolo niaden okay and um he did one other movie where he was a costume decorator, and that was The Other Woman. Did you ever see that movie? It was that movie with comedy with um, uh, Kate Upton, Leslie Mann, and Cameron Diaz. Yikes, I do remember. <laughs> right? Where? That was a good movie, actually. It was funny. I saw it right. on the plane. I was a little tipsy. It was but at super the time, funny. she got that gig because she was a Sports Illustrated girl, and yes. people weren't sure if she was an actress. She was 
so great in that movie. Really? Kate okay. Upton. Yeah. Okay. And and um, Cameron Diaz and Leslie Mann were these two women scorned by the same guy, and Kate Upton was the newer, younger version. I anyway, the story, yeah. so this guy did that that all that wardrobe, and then he was the assistant wardrobe director for Smash, Saturday Night Live for years, and Ugly Betty for years. That totally makes sense because Smash, right? she was was brilliant. Right. So he has a super strong background of looks but this was really one of his first big films that he and i think that if it wasn't for COVID, i think this would absolutely have been a big movie in the theaters oh wow oh yeah for sure for and sure. it was just i mean the wardrobe is just absolutely extraordinary and it was it's one of those that i think is is a study on good styling, good costuming. Wow. Because also the dresses aren't things that they, they, you know, they weren't running down to Nima Marcus and Nordstrom grabbing dresses. These were oh, no, all these made. These are authentic. Yeah. They were all made. And it just, and I guess when I think about it, every scene was like that. Every scene was full of, you know, these amazing looks and they were all, you know, circ- circled around her fabulousness right. in the middle. But it was, oh, it was so strong. You're going to love it I just for that. Because I loved, honestly, I loved his work on Smash. Yeah, Smash was great. I and just... he had the, he actually was lucky enough that he could dive into that era because there were, there were moments that they portrayed Marilyn Monroe. That's right. And they did period production numbers and blah 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 so. I, I oftentimes wonder Lee Daniels is the one who directed this movie ah, and he's okay. the one that did The Butler and he's done a lot of amazing films mm-hmm. but I I wonder what it is that has a Lee Daniels or a you know a film executive or someone just give a chance on somebody like somebody has to say okay this is your first big film to go and do this right you know because it's like he's assisted 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 and then he did that movie like six years ago the other woman and now he's done this so it's really good for him I think he's just assisted long enough that he must have just known somebody that was like this guy can totally do it and he's available let's make it happen and it's also also I think it's a great relationship when you have a director that is willing to allow you to do your thing. Yeah. I think that's when you get what you what you saw. Yeah. You get a beautiful... And is it the director that chooses the wardrobe people and all that? Or I guess it's... Because I know it's commercials and TV. No, I don't, think, I don't think it's necessarily the director all the time, but once you go into production, then you get, like, opinions by a lot, a lot of people, and right. you get a lot of people, you know... And the collaboration in. and all that is probably... But I... I, you're probably collaborating with your director for sure. So yeah. I bet you if a director gets a job and goes in and says, okay, this is my wardrobe person I want, this is the... the, the right. They probably get all that. But if they say this is the direction, go ahead. I'll give you... Yeah. And let you f- have free reign, then you get an amazing creative situation, I think. I bet someone like Lee Daniels, who has like such a an impeccable eye to detail in his film, I bet mm. you he decides all that stuff. Like... This is the person doing my scenes. This is the person doing all the props. This is the... I bet you he has a, a major hand on all that before he even starts. Oh, 100%. So, anyway, so that was my hot look. Hot look. Uh, basically, the fabulous Audrey Day in all of the United States versus Billie Holiday. Now, I am dying for you to tell me all about our vocabulary. Yeah. Yes. It is... The Pagoda Shoulder. Ooh. It was inve- invented by fashion legend Pierre Cardin, the late Pierre Cardin. You mean he actually invented it? It's not he like did. from... No, he, he invented it. So it fr- it's French. Uh, well, he, uh, well, he's Italian, but... 
Pierre he, Cardin's Italian? He's Italian. No! He's Italian, yes. But the House of Pierre Cardin was always shown in Paris. Right. Oh, that's because it's couture. But, but you know what? Valentino show also showed, only showed in Paris. And he's, you can't get more Italian than Valentino. So it's like, wherever you... Well, Mr. Armani might disagree with that statement, but yes, I agree. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. I had no idea. I'm sorry. He, Distracted. Not even He the invented it in the late 70s. Okay. And it kind of came out of his two obsessions when he began designing was um, China and the future. So while strolling through the streets of Beijing, he really, really fell in love with the culture and especially the architecture. So the actual shape of the shoulder was taken from, believe it or not, the architecture. Yeah. Which from is- the buildings. So that's pagoda. That's where it comes from. Wow. Yeah. You know who used to use a lot of pagodas in their interior design mm-hmm. is um, that amazing decorator, um, Tony Duquette. Yes. Yes. And, right? And yes. I And I had a client who had a house, and she had a pair of Tony Duquette five-foot-tall um, pagodas mm-hmm. that were these really narrow, and they were painted turquoise, and they mm-hmm. were on the buffet in her dining room. Yeah. Like, just gorgeousness with those yeah but so what's that but what's it look like well it looks like i guess the way the best way to describe it to the listeners it's a slope like an exaggerated slope that would go let's say a 45 degree angle from your collarbone to your shoulder upwards to the ceiling so it's that extreme it's like swoops up swoops up oh so it's almost like a the best way to describe it is like almost like a shoulder pad on steroids, like just exaggerated. So, but the shoulder pad, okay, this is great. So, a shoulder pad would make me think that if I'm looking at my shoulders, that the shoulder pad's two inches up off uh, the shoulder and straight but, out, normally. right? But this, right, and straight out, right? right? But this one, you say, comes down to the shoulder and then flips Flares up like, up, a, like yes. a wing or a yes, so like comes, almost to the ceiling, yeah. like it comes out from your shoulder point, yes. into the sky, exactly, and so. And then that gives that... Okay, now I can kind of see... You know, um, speaking of Armani, he did that a couple of seasons ago. Well, he's heavily influenced by China. Yeah, Yeah. he was doing this really high... Exactly. ...crazy... Now, what what do you think that does? Like, what is the aesthetic that provides... I think... I I, I think... um, It does does do some sort of minimalizing of the waist, maybe? I bet you it looks taller. I bet you look taller with that. Maybe I. I just think I just think he saw these shapes on in, in the architecture and just loved it and thought, well, let's try it on the shoulder. Wow. So then he also he incorporated incorporated it in his, his men's collection. So he was the first designer to do, and I'll have I have pictures that we will post and show you. I thought for sure you were about to say, and I have a Pierre Cardin. No, I wish. Shouldered suit. I wish. No. I wear it to the coffee bean on Thursday. I did. It's good for social distancing. <laughs> He's, so he did those for men too? He did them for men. I mean, and, that seems like the villain in a Disney movie would he wear did, And wait for it. He did it in black leather. Really? Yes. And then like the shape became famous like to, I guess, the rest of the world because it was like the shoulder Gaga always wore. Oh, Lady Gaga. So that's kind of... When you say Gaga, you mean Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. We don't just say Gaga. You can't just throw things around like that. Well, you know. I You're such an insider. I, isn't she a Gaga? She's Gaga as an actress, isn't she? No, she's Lady. Lady's her first name and Gaga is her last name. Mrs. Gaga. Ms. Sure. Gaga. Sure. Ms. <laughs> Gaga. Excuse me, Ms. Gaga. Ms. Gaga. Can I talk to you for one second, Ms. Gaga? Where'd you get them shoulder pads, Ms. Gaga? Ms. Gaga. Could you imagine? 
So yeah, that is the story of the pagoda shoulder. Wow, mm-hmm. that is really. Mm-hmm. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. So they're really these. It is a very. I'm going to use the word animated. It is very much like a very extreme. Like yeah. it's almost morphing. Uh, costume to like suiting, yeah, almost. It's also like when you're when I'm picturing it. If you look at a normal shoulder pad, it's not that the shoulder pad goes out horizontal. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's taking the shoulder pad vertical. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Wow. I love that. Okay, right, if you have a picture of yourself in a pagoda shoulder, I wish. Wait, you know what? I have a. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, thank okay. you. Sorry, I just thought I'd about I William all the time. <laughs> if you have a picture of yourself wearing a pagoda shoulder, please, please, please send us a yeah. picture, and we will absolutely put it on our Instagram. Yeah, and it could be a modified one. It doesn't have to be an extreme. No, I want a real one. Don't you send me well, some have to be... jacket and say, look, it's well, kind of pagoda-ish. Do you know? It doesn't have to be like a Gaga situation. You but know. it could be. If you're listening, Gaga. If you're listening, Miss Gaga, you can feel free to text us a picture. We may or may not include it in our next Possibly, posting. maybe. Possibly, maybe. I love that. Thank you so much for all your hard work bringing us these vocabulary oh, words. Absolutely. And I learn at the same time, you I, know? I love that. Okay. And now you're going to tell me all about some guy named Virgil in our Power Player. And like Mark Allen said, our power player is Virgil Abloh. And how do you spell Abloh? Like abalone? No. Abloh. Oh my gosh, if you could see the side eye. <laughs> William knows how to give me side eye, like face to face. I don't know what that is. I really, culturally, I'm just not there, I guess. I think but I you, learned it from my mom. It's probably for sure your mom, from what I understand. But he can literally look right at you and give you side eye looking right at you. <laughs> Intense. Okay, Virgil Abloh. Yeah, Virgil. How do you spell Abloh? A-B-L-O-H. Okay, so like it sounds, Abloh. Abloh, yeah. Um, He was born of parents from Ghana. Oh, okay. He grew up in the outskirts of Chicago in the suburbs in Rockford, Illinois. All right. He he studied civil engineering and got a BA at the University of Wisconsin. Wow, he's like a Midwest guy. Yeah, totally, totally. And then after that, he went on to study architecture at the Illinois Institute of Technology. After working for an architectural firm for two years, he shifted his focus to fat fashion. And the rest, I guess they say, is history. Now, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. He's a civil engineer. Yeah. He then goes into architecture. Yeah. He works at his firm for a couple of years and is like, oh, I want to be a fashion designer. That's, I mean, you know, from what from what I was reading about him, he played in fashion and he also DJed. So he had this kind of uh, multi... Okay. You know, that was kind of his thing. But I also imagine people that are DJs are very visual people. Very visual and people. And they really like in touch with trends and what's going on. Because they have to watch the music and what's And they have happening. to watch the dance floor and yeah. see how people are vibing. They're watching what people are wearing. I think that influenced a lot of his design direction. We would both be horrible DJs because the same song will be on the whole time as we're studying people in the audience. Yeah, I don't know if I can multitask the like multitask that. I could do, yeah, I could do one or the other, which is why I, you know, my hat's off to DJs. I could put an amazing playlist together, push play, and just sit there and dance. Which a lot of people are doing now. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably make a lot of money doing do you, that. Do you want to give me some DJs' names that you think are doing that, or we're not no, gonna go there? I don't want to get sued. Okay. Good. <laughs> 
We're anti-lawsuit here, so if you're thinking of suing us because we're offending you, please just stop listening. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So in 2009, he founded RSVP Gallery, which was an art gallery with a menswear boutique in Chicago proper. Okay. And was he selling his own stuff in that boutique? Then I don't believe he was. Okay. So I don't like believe he curating was. His curating fashion okay. and, um, you know, his knowledge of art and meshed the two. 2012, he launched his first fashion brand called Pyrex Vision. Unfortunately. <laughs> called what? Pyrex Vision, like the glass. Oh, that's Pyrex. amazing that that didn't turn out. Come on, Pyrex? <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, it's a cool name. I just, Is it? I just, it's cool uh, for cookware. Well, that's th- that's the first thing I think of. But maybe there's a reason, you know, Flatware Mom's House inspired the name. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, mm. to your point, unfortunately, that only lasted a year. Or fortunately for all of us, we're not <laughs> running around in Pyrex. What are you wearing? Well, you know what? Jewish and Pyrex. Oh, I'm wearing all clad. Thank you so much. No, well, you know what? We don't know what the collection looked like. It could be good. Well, it could have been closed in a year, so it could have been that good. Well, or, or the world wasn't ready for it. Because his, his, his direction is pretty out there. So you gotta, it's. Okay. It's all about timing. Okay, tell me more. Okay, so 2013, he launched luxury streetwear label Off White. Oh my gosh, yeah. That was based in Milan. Um, he got really? the name. Yeah. And he moved to Milan and did that in Milan? Uh huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 2013. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that wasn't that long ago. Really, no, for how big but that it, brand look, is. his rise happened so fast. He yeah. got the name Off White from his de- defining. Gray between black and white. So that's, okay. So that's where he got Off White from. Uh, in 2015, Off White as a brand was honored with being the prize finalist. So for LVMH, LVMH, I didn't know this, has kind of a mentorship program where they mentor young budding designers, whether they have their own line and students. So he was part of that. Wow. So I guess getting that award from LVMH... Which is Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, la 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 la, right? Hennessy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, in 2018, was appointed as the first African-American to the luxury brand of Louis Vuitton for the men's Okay, now also, so Off-White, now Off-White is that brand that now has people wearing the tags on their sneakers. Yeah, and zip ties, zip on their ties, and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh-huh. Like you, like you leave an off-white tag. I mean, I would cut all that off if I bought those. The, yeah, I was. Yeah, Do you wear the like you know the there's like a grow grain. You'd like buy a pair of sneakers, and then there'd be like a hook and a grow grain ribbon in neon yellow that says off-white. Going, would you wear that? I wouldn't wear, but it, it, he. I mean, because you wear Giuseppe's and Audi high tops, even I do. here to record this, that are animal print and shiny. Yeah. Like you like out there stuff, but there's something not out there necessarily about that kind of a sneaker. Well, that's a cleaner situation. I think with his his direction was he was heavily influenced by skaters. So if you think about your average skaters, in they, Milan. Well, he, remember he, but he remember he's from Chicago. Were there a lot of skaters in Chicago? Yeah, skateboarders. I mean, suburbs. I, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yes. I always think of skaters just being only in Venice Beach. Thank you. I'm fake smoking now. You can't see it. Really? It's literally... Venice Beach is the only place yes. in the country that skateboards. That's gotcha. It. Yeah. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realistic. Hello. Okay, no, but right. I think that's why you get like 
the hanging straps and the zip ties. But if you're like, on a skateboard with that hanging strap, you're going to eat it on that skateboard. Well, now you sound like a mom. I think about a 16-year-old <laughs> skateboarder. They're not, like, tucking in their pants and making sure everything's safe. I'll be out there. I'll be out there watching the skateboard your pants. with my apron on, with a wooden spoon in my hand. Exactly. You all need to tuck in your pants and Banging take, on off the the, <laughs> take off the crazy tags. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you would I do. I mean, just everyone picture it. I'm just saying. It will absolutely be an Hermes crocodile apron, but it will still be an apron. <laughs> so his first show for Louis Vuitton was in Palace Royale in Paris. And when I tell you the show was unbelievable. And what season was that his first show? I want to say that was 2019. Yeah, he started in 18. Spring, I want to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, spring 2018. But when I say, you know, Kardashians, the front row, and, you know. But Kanye. were they there for Virgil, you think, or were they there for Louis Vuitton? Well, interestingly, well, interest, interestingly <laughs> enough. You can do it, William. He. <laughs> interestingly, interestingly enough. My yeah. coffee is not good tonight. <laughs> um, they were kind of working together. Because if you remember, there was a time that um, Kanye wanted to be a designer. Kanye had a line. Doesn't he still have a line? Who do you think designed it, my friend? Really? Um, they. Wah, wah. Do you okay, see the tie-in? Yeah. So, uh, Virgil was a real, the design talent, really. Really? Yeah. I just have a true... I mean, of, I of course, to... in the press package, they don't actually tell you that, but... I have a I have a true confession tell that I need me. to make right now, tell me. William. It's just I was not going to tell anybody, <laughs> you but now I feel me. like it's time to tell you. Only you. I was listening to Kanye's late registration album on my way up to visit my parents a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it is so good. <laughs> no, he. <laughs> His I mean, old listen, music was so good. He was he was brilliant, but you know. I, what kind of S-Class does Donda West like? And then I asked, I was at an event, I met her, and I'm like, girl, what kind of S-Class does Donda West like? And she looks at me, she goes, I like them all, baby. Yeah, like oh, that's nice. May she rest in peace. But... Rest in peace. Wonderful woman. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. So his... Kanye and all them were there, and then... Front row. And Virgil was actually did Kanye. So Virgil had Off-White, Louis, and then was doing... Well, consulting on Kanye's line? Or he I, did Kanye's line before Louis? Before Louis. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, before Louis. But oh, of course, Kanye was, you know, the one that came out at the end. It took all the glory and... Shocker. Right. What? This sounds so unlike him. Yeah, so it's actually Virgil's work. Wow. But his first show was so beautiful. The whole runway was um, a rainbow. Oh. And the metaphors was basically the Wizard of Oz. So all, let's say, the first, I don't know... Ten looks were white. And then they started going into these vivid Technicolor colors, which kind of mimics what happened in the movie. If you remember in in The Wizard of Oz, once Dorothy got to Oz, it went from her being in black and white to like Technicolor craziness. Wow. So there's references to the poppy fields. There's references to the silhouettes of um, all of the characters, you know. The Lion, the Tin Man, the, the, Scarecrow. The, the Scarecrow, Toto, and Dorothy. Yeah. Their silhouettes were knitted into knitwear and on the back of jackets. Wow, and... that's really... I I do like it when someone makes a collection like that and gets a theme and actually has it go throughout the entire collection. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. 
But the cool thing about how he transformed um, the silhouettes of Vuitton was went from the very fitted, tailored, serious suiting to a much more relaxed kind of urban street vibe. Okay. Which I thought was super, super cool. Well, which is also what the market is. And it I loosened... Mean, people are spending $1,000 on sneakers and not buying any suits. Right, right. And he even changed the shapes of, uh, the let's say, the keep ball that Louis Vuitton does, which yeah. is normally like a duffel bag. Yeah. What he do- does now is he takes the duffel bag and he'll shape it kind of in, almost in the shape of a, like a croissant. Oh, like, really? So that if you think about it, it's, it's quite brilliant. When you're walking down the street and you're carrying a bag, your leg would kind of Yeah, bump. the key ball is no good. It would bump into the bag. So he shapes the bag so you can wow. hold it to your side. Okay. So I thought that was brilliant. And is, he do- is he doing them now? These bags? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that reminds me of, it mm. reminds me of Gautier. And mm. when Gautier was doing Hermes... Oh, that was so amazing. He, he that did was this, amazing. It was such an amazing collaboration. Hermes, the very famous Hermes. For that was the that, that was the best time. That was the best Hermes, collaboration. To me, and to me. and well, Maison Margiela, Margiela, he that was some amazing stuff too. But but what um, Jean Paul Gaultier did is he took the Birkin, which is the stupidest bag you could ever have, frankly, in my opinion. That's a whole other conversation. But he made it cool. And he made it cool. He elongated the strap uh-huh. so it became rather than just a purse that you couldn't, and he just threw this thing over your shoulder. Yeah. I got one of those from one of my Or clients. crossbody it. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it just, it became, they just gave him license to go and be fabulous and do And I love the idea of a, of a brand like Louis Vuitton, who's been around for hundreds of years, allowing an artist to come in and take their staple and adjust it. It's really smart because it made it modern and it made it younger. Usually you think Louis Vuitton, especially for the men, it's an older, very wealthy man. Yeah. Now you've got like rock stars and hip hop stars. So now it's just a younger, very wealthy man. Yeah, well, yeah. It's very wealthy. You have to have the black card. It's so expensive. But at least the demographic has changed and I'm sure that has, you know, affects the bottom line for them. Yeah, well, I also think that they must keep in mind that, look, we can always take it back from the croissant to the classic keep all. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to keep it in right. this keep all world. Yeah. We can always... Wow, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So his latest collection, 2021 Spring Summer, was staged in a massive, massive shipping yard in Shanghai. Uh, all of the models submerged out of huge, huge shipping containers. Oh, interesting. And I found out the reason he did that was, this is, I thought this was just a sweet moment. When his, his father was a shipman, worked on a shipyard in Chicago. Wow. And he would Wait, always... Wait, a shipyard in Chicago? Yeah. How are ships getting to Chicago? Well, in the, the top part of Illinois. There's, there's water there. From where? What are they shipping? I, I'm telling you the story. I don't, I mean, I'll have a chat with Virgil I'm just as saying, to how it's possible his father I mean, worked in a shipping yard. I mean, a shipping yard in Chicago. I mean, I guess there's, there are, I mean, the Great Lakes are pretty great. I mean, maybe they're well, coming from Canada saying. or something. Yes, exactly. Okay, but it's not like the port of Long Beach or New York. A port these, is a port. I mean, uh, no, a port is not a port. A port in the Great Lakes is different than like the port oh, of LA. Do you or see that. what I deal with people? I mean, I'm just, look, I have questions. That's all. That's so the all. reason, but the reasoning behind this, the, using these, these shipping containers is 
when he was a kid, he would go with his father to work, and he was fascinated to know where the ships were going. Mm, I can totally see that. So I just, so but that cool. just tells you how much he thinks into the process of his design. That I really think I have to give it to him. That's pretty, pretty, pretty brilliant. And the art, and as an architect, right? He's mm -hmm. thinking about flow. He's thinking about how a room would work. So he's thinking mm -hmm. about how clothes work. How and it's they all an work advantage, together, I think. And absolutely, I think as an artist. Uh, include the helicopter, everyone that you hear flying over us right now. Right, Just right. Just include it. Usually, you know, when we hear that in L.A., Make a run somebody's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the... I, I just think that, that the way you can tell a story that way, it's kind of like Ize Miyake, mm -hmm. you know, the Japanese designer who was also an architect. Right. At what, Gianfranco Ferre? Yeah, he was also, yeah. He was an architect so as well. A, I think it's like the, the eye to create, because really an architect is a designer that takes a blank piece of paper and creates a building. Right. And a fashion designer takes a, you know, blank piece of paper and creates a piece of art. And I know, will say that there's a similarity because in, when you're doing your pattern work and you're doing your sketching for architecture, it's all on graph paper. Yes. So it's a very similar process into uh, creating. And his ability to tell stories through all that, I think is probably quite amazing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. fabulous. Mm -hmm. Okay. But Go I Virgil. have to say, yeah. the icing on the cake, uh -huh. okay, the show was amazing. Oh, I want a piece of cake now. <laughs> they oh, booked some, some of the most beautiful models in Shanghai, but the icing on the cake, just when you thought it was like a finale and it was done. Yeah. It was a mini concert, wait for it, Lauren Hill. No. Yes, Lauren Hill did a set of, I would say, at least 20 minutes at the uh, end. Of like her good classics? All of her classics, one new song, and then the rest of them were classics, and she was on a Jumbotron, because this is in the middle, you know, of COVID. Right. She was on a Jumbotron in all Louis Vuitton looks, menswear looks. Shot in black and white. Uh, it was really, really good. I'm happy to hear her doing so well. I mean, she got those Grammys, got that money, and just kind of But she, low. I've her. seen everyone perform. She's on a different level. Brilliant. Her. She's so great. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for all that info on Absolutely. Virgil Abloh. I feel like we've all been a little educated. So Virgil is currently doing Off-White, and he's doing Louis Vuitton. Yeah. So he's just killing. Okay. Think about that pressure. So just one more thing. We're calling this new segment at the very end. We're calling it just one more thing. So talking about boats and all yes. of that. This whole thing with the Suez Canal and that tanker. I, I'm busy. So I, I like the way you tied that in. I like that. Did you I like, like that? that? And as I was watching, I was going... Um, who has time to sit there and watch a boat be stuck in a canal, right? All I could think about, because, you know, I used to have a store, mm -hmm. and all I can think about was, somebody's got some stuff on that boat that they need. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you get a call from the store, they're like, yeah, you know those shoes you special ordered? Yeah. Well, they're going to be an extra two more weeks, because this was backed up, and it clogged the entire canal. Oh, it affected... Of the it, shipping of all yeah, of that for yeah. ages and ages. I mean, it's... So funny to me. So I think that when you, whenever I watch like basically any national news, I always get to see how fashion's implicated in that. And I think that people in this country count so much on Asian imports for yeah. fashion. Yeah, yeah. They don't realize it. And they really come through the West Coast of the United States. So it's really through Port of Long Beach, San Pedro. Mm -hmm. um, and they just, it's, it is crazy to think how many big tankers were stuck with all this fashion waiting to get on I the bodies. Know. And it's, how much you do without yeah, and when I that happens. I heard that that ship was a quarter mile long. Oh, yeah. A quarter mile long and that the people that owned it did not put a full, that any additional crew, they put just a standard crew on there. 
And I'm like, but what's standard for a chip that big? I don't know, but should she, I mean, a quarter, anyway. Well, I'm sure they're used to, it was a, I'm sure it was a route they were used to doing all the time, so they were like, Well, clearly they weren't that used to, they they pushed it the wrong way and got a tanker stuck in there. I'm curious to know how that happened. Because I'm sure this is a route they always did. Some, it was, I guarantee you, it was take your kid to work day, some guy let his three-year-old drive for a second, and then boom, fell into the wall. Really? (laughs) Is that the story you're going with? I mean, I don't know. Now we have an infant at the home. (laughs) Got it. I don't know facts. You know no facts. You might as well just make up something funny. What the hell? Yeah, right? (laughs) Who's going to check facts? Who's going to check all those facts? Who got time Who got check me, boo? Yes. So, uh, one more thing. What are we discussing? Oh, well, you kept telling me over and over again about Maya Rudolph and her looks. And then, oh my God. Oh my God. And then I gave you an opportunity to talk about it at the No, you hush up. I gave you an opportunity to talk about it at the end of our podcast. And now you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, it's short. You kept wanting to say it, so here it is. It's short. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Just, here it comes. This just in. William has something to say about Saturday Night Live. Just one more thing. Maya Rudolph, my hat is off to you because she, I don't know if you saw it, duplicated uh, Beyonce's Scaparelli look from the Grammys. So Beyonce, performer, Grammys, award show, Scaparelli. Beehive, blah, blah, blah. Scaparelli, a designer that we covered here uh, Uh two episodes ago. Leather fitted draped mini mini dress, leather gloves, gold fingers, the same hair. Like she did the exact look, but they put her in that look on that TV show where they test how hot you can deal with chilies. <laughs> but here's the thing: I've never even heard of this TV show. Where do you watch you, that? There's a meme of Idris Alba biting into a chili or tasting the chili that was just he could not handle it like it's a meme that went on for like months but it's a tv show it's a tv show it's test- not like a water cha- like a water dunk challenge at home no it's it's a tv show they have they have different hosts oh, must be the food now, and they'll have like uh different hot sauces and they go up to see how how intense you can go so they did this with said, you know, quote unquote, uh-huh. Beyonce. And to see her go from, oh, I can handle this, to a full on meltdown and <laughs> just Do you stopping think she's wig. actually eating peppers? No. No, you don't She's think so? just a brilliant actress. I love her. But I love she, her. oh my God. That, well, I am dying to see that based on what you just said. So I'm going to, we're going to wrap this up so I can run in to my couch, sit there you and must watch see some it. SNL. I you gotta must. love that. Listen, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for following. Yes, thank you so much. Tell your friends. Please. Please tell your friends. And anytime you want to talk to us or just listen to us talk to you about fashion, just come to us and we will always be happy to tell you. Always. What, what you're, you're wearing. wearing.